Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. So following up on last week's episode where we talked about the antitrust trial that's going on, um, that author who sent out the tweet heard around publishing world also wrote, she's written several articles um, following the path of the trial. And I was doing, I was reading one of them. um, And I pulled a couple of quotes from it that I thought would be interesting to discuss here and get your opinion on them. So during the trial, the Department of Justice is trying to break author advances into different categories. Um, The top tier one being authors who are paid $250,000 or more for their advance. The middle tier being like less than 250, but more than 50,000. And then that bottom tier as 50,000 or less, which is where the vast majority of authors are being paid. Mm -hmm. And she wrote something that I don't know. I, I want to see what you think. So in her article, April Henry wrote, for advances exceeding a $250,000 advance amount, the advance isn't expected to earn out. Agents consider an advance that didn't earn out as a sign that they negotiated well. <laughs> I want, and I wanted to get your perspective on that, because do you think most agents believe that? That, hey, if I get my author an advance that's so big, I did a good job even if they never see any royalty money. I think that used to be the idea. Yes. Uh, 20 years ago. ago. (laughs) The the show me the money era. Um, Yeah. It used to be all about the advance. Um, And I don't know. I wasn't agenting back then to know the details of that. Right. It did seem like agents prided themselves on getting the big advances and not even and really not caring if a book ever sold out. That wasn't. But of course, back mm. then, agents were not as hands on as they are now. They were they would show up when there was money to be made and then they'd duck out. So, right. I mean, you always had your exceptions to the rule. Don't get me wrong. Um but from my understanding of it, that was kind of more of the approach. And so, but now I would say there's still agents who are out there chasing those big advances, but I think a lot, I think, I think there's also I mean, everyone realizes the need now for royalty income and how that has become such a bigger piece of the pie for author careers and for agent earnings too. Um, and I would say, but yeah, I don't, I th- I'm trying to think of how to, I know for me, there, there have been times when I've, I, I think I tend to make it clear with my authors, like, if it's a small advance, we're happy with that because it means you're more likely to succeed, which will mean you're more likely to do another book. And that's exactly. the conversation I have with all of them. When the advance gets starts to get really big, I definitely get nervous. I definitely mm-hmm. do. 
because Mm -hmm. I've seen so many examples of it just not working out and sure the author gets a big payday and they feel really good for a year or two and then it all crumbles around them and so I don't I'm never one to like call up a publisher and say we demand this much money I won't do that if the negotiations go there fine but yeah my approach is more soft more of a soft sell (laughs) right well, and if an author gets an advance of $50,000 as opposed to $150,000 and they earn out and they yeah. make royalties, they're more likely to get that contract for the next book than if they got the $150,000 advance Yeah, and then they don't earn out. They, they don't sell enough to justify yeah. that advance. So I think this goal of, you know, trying to get your authors such giant advances that they never earn out isn't a sustainable business model for agents or authors, which is, you know, if this is how it was done 20 years ago, but it's not being done now, then bam, that's kind of the proof of that, you know? Yeah. And publishers know the agents who will always ask for more money and Mm -hmm. you better believe they adjust their offer based on their experience with that agent. If they know the agent is always going to ask for 20,000 more, whatever it may be, then they're going to make that initial offer. As long as they know that it's safe to do that and they're not going to immediately be like removed from the game, right? they're going to adjust that initial offer to make room for the fact that the agent is going to come back and ask for more anyway. Right. So. <laughs> so it's just like when I was selling cars, essentially. <laughs> yep. Like everybody knows that the dealership is going to undervalue your trade. Like it's just the expected it's just the, the lie that we tell ourselves and each other. And we all know it's actually going on, but nobody's going to yeah, honestly come out and address it yeah, or put their foot down and say, no agent, we are not going to play your game. This is our number. This is the only number you're going to get. And we're done doing this. Yeah. That's they, not going to happen either. Well, they do that if you hit the top of their range, because they have a right. range, you know, and, right. and their range may be, you know, 50 to 80,000. And so they come in at 50 and they know they can go up to 80. And there have been times where the editor usually, so here's also what happens. And I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but when you get into this kind of like back and forth bidding war, the author is never happy enough. Like every time it moves to the next level, they always want more. So it's like this never ending, like, let's just see how high we can go. And so what ends up happening is publishers end up just being like, like, I'm at the top, just so you know, like, I, I, I cannot right. go any further without getting a bunch of signatures and a bunch of like, and it'd be one thing if you're dealing with someone that you know is going to hit it out of the park with a ton of copies, so like Stephen King, like, it'd be one thing if you're dealing with him and one of right. his books. It's another thing when you're dealing with an author who has maybe only done, only done a few books or like they aren't for sure going to like be a best-selling book. So anyway, yeah. So that's also part of the reality. Yeah. Well, I have to imagine that over time, if you were one of these agents who, you know, you successfully get your authors giant advances that almost never earn out. You, and like you said, you know, Publishers know which agents are going to come to the table with that approach, but it seems like you get a reputation for representing people who overpromise and underdeliver yeah. constantly. Like, I think that's just part of it. It wouldn't be long-term 
sustainable yeah for that to be the goal yeah uh yeah i would be freaking out if if all of my books were big advances but not but they didn't actually sell well i would right. be freaking out to continue to shop projects around like what are they thinking yeah. about i mean yeah it does point to that agent's ability to really sell the product like to really sell that author but beyond that after that it's totally out of the agent's control like we have no control over it. the book actually sells so right yeah Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. Tips help to offset the cost of the podcast and they'll also help us grow bigger and better. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers. That's paypal.me, M-E, slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.